Welcome to the She is Fierce show. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She is Fierce and Lift You. And today we are talking to a woman you will most certainly know, a household name. Shannon Miller is the most decorated U.S. gymnast, male or female, in U.S. Olympic history with a total of seven medals. She's an author, an entrepreneur, a sought-after speaker, a cancer survivor, and a miracle mama. Her story of trial, triumph, and life after cancer can remind us all that it's life's obstacles in all shapes and sizes that reveal our true character. And... I'm so excited to share the news that Shannon will be one of our speakers in our upcoming 2017 Women's Wednesday Speaker Series, and we'll share more about how you can actually come and hear her speak and meet Shannon live this June later in the show. Shannon, welcome. Thank you so much. I am really just so honored to have you with us today. I have been talking to your team and just jumping up and down with excitement to have you on <laughs> and to have the opportunity to to connect with you and to talk to you, and especially to have you on as one of our speakers this summer. So thank you again. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Well, um, there are so many things to talk to you about. You've had such an eventful life. And as I was making notes for our conversation, I really kept struggling with where I should start because there are so many cool things to talk to you about. But I'm going to start with a really obvious question because I just can't help myself. And I know so many people will be asking themselves this question. But what is it like to be an Olympic champion? And not only that, but the most successful female gymnast in U.S. Olympic history. (laughs) It's, you know, it's a little surreal um, in many ways. And especially I think at this part of my life, um, you know, I now have two kids and um, I'm about to turn 40. (laughs) So you kind of look back and it's almost like a different lifetime and you kind of have to pinch yourself and think, did that really happen? And I guess for me, um, my dream was never to win a gold medal. My dream was to go and represent the United States in Olympic competition. And that didn't happen. That wasn't my goal from the age of five. Um, when I was five and I started gymnastics, I just wanted to learn how to flip. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents just wanted me to stop flipping on their furniture. <laughs> but um, I think that that goal kind of grew from within as I learned the next skill and competed in the state competition and then the regionals. And, and eventually the next step was to go to a world championship star and Olympic Games. And so around age 12, that that was my dream. And to to know that you've fulfilled that dream and and have kind of worked hard to get there. I mean, that's just an incredible feeling. But I think for me, I look back and, and the most wonderful things I received from that time were, were just some great life lessons um, because you are going to make mistakes and you are going to fall and sometimes literally flat on your face. <laughs> and you have to find a way to get back up. And I think those lessons um, are what – Uh, I think of when I think of that gold medal. Yes, it's shiny. Yes, it's pretty. um, But it's really all of those life lessons um, that I learned through that hard training and and through fulfilling that goal that have really helped me beyond um, the, the gold medal stage, beyond gymnastics. I mean, there must be so many amazing gymnastic metaphors for life. <laughs> there so, really are. You know, sports, is, and this is one of the reasons I love going out and speaking, um, whether it's at a survivor event or just motivational or a big company. It, it doesn't really matter how big or small the audience is or if you're just talking to your neighbor. Sports analogies work because 
whether you have been an athlete or you are a fan of, of athletics and sports, you get it. And so I think it, for me, it really helped me learn these life, life lessons firsthand. And unfortunately, that meant that I had to make the really tough mistakes yeah. <laughs> um, to learn from them. And I hope that um, by talking with others, then they, maybe they don't have to go through the, the really tough mistakes they can hopefully learn from from some of the the things that I went through but um, it is great it's important to have those sports metaphors because I think they relate to all of us yeah you know and you um, you published your first book in 2015 called it's not about perfect and you share the story not only of your athletic journey but also some of the more recent struggles that you've had to overcome including a shocking cancer diagnosis so can you share a little bit about you know, what you went through and, and when, when you found out about cancer and what that experience was like. Um, absolutely. Yeah, that book was um, a labor labor of love for sure. Um, it's, it was actually my second book. I, I wrote one when oh, I was so just 19 years old. Um, well, that's okay. It was a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, and it was in a different genre. It was more for um, for teenagers and young adults. But um, but this one really was, it wasn't meant to be a memoir um, from, from the start. It kind of evolved into that. Um, but really it grew out of some, some writing I did, just kind of short story writing I did on the heels of chemotherapy. And for me, it was such a journey. I think anyone who's gone through a cancer diagnosis, it is such a journey. And you learn so much about yourself and, and how much you handle. And I always think you know, survivors are amazing because you never know how much you can handle until you have to do it. And, um, and I think for me it was that idea of taking those things that I, I learned through sport, applying them to my cancer journey, things like um, setting small goals to get to that long-term goal. You know, what can I do each day to take that next forward step? It doesn't mean I'm going to win a gold medal. It doesn't mean I'm going to be cured. But what is that small forward step that I can take um, to keep fighting? Um, Things like understanding who your team is. You know, gymnastics, um, team is such an important part, um, whether it's your teammates out there on the floor competing together or it's your overall team. You know, in gymnastics, I thought of my team as my coaches, my parents, my trainers, um, my doctors who patched me up and got me back out on the floor, my community. It really took everybody. It wasn't just me standing up there on that gold medal podium. There were a host of people that had, had been with me for years and years before I ever got to that moment. And I think um, that comes through in the book. You know, you have to understand who your team is, whether it's family, friends, uh, neighbors who come over and, and cook dinner or help clean or, or watch your child so you can get some rest. Um, and, of course, the medical staff, the nurses, the physicians, um, nurse navigators. It's important to understand that you're not in this alone. Um, but there's a whole host of other lessons and and ideas, um, you know, thoughts on on my faith certainly, but but also on having a positive attitude as much as possible. It's not going to be 24 seven, but um, what what are those silver linings that you can find within that journey? Um, so there's there's so much to it, but I think um, there's also a lot of gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of takes you back to how I started in sport and um, through some of my uh, my good times and some of my more difficult times in sport. And, and that kind of shows uh, when and how I learned these lessons and then, of course, um, how I applied them to, to my journey with cancer. 
Well, let's talk about, you know, your mantra and the title of your book, It's Not About Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say it speaks to me so much, and I'm sure it speaks to so many women that are listening. I mean, not just record-setting gold medal winning women. Everybody <laughs> struggles with this battle to be perfect. How do you put aside the struggle to be perfect and really just accept who you are? You know, it's, it's been very difficult for me because I, I am a perfectionist by nature. That's that's who I am. It's mm-hmm. who I've always been. Um, my mom will tell you <laughs> from a very early age. And in gymnastics, it was about perfect. I mean, you think about it. It was about the perfect toe point and the perfect stuck landing and the perfect 10 and and really just hitting that perfect routine. And so it was became so ingrained, and for someone who already kind of lived that way and, and has that personality, um, it was very easy to slip into this idea of perfection. And when I retired from sport, that's when I had trouble with that because I no longer um, had a perfect 10-0 to look for. So it wasn't about just doing better, working harder on a skill. All of a sudden... I was wondering, did I have to have the perfect hair and, and the perfect uh, makeup and the perfect body and mm-hmm. the perfect job and the perfect husband and, you know, just on and on. And it can be overwhelming. And when you start to go down that path, you, I think, many times lose who you are in the process. And for me, in my early 20s, it was about figuring out who I am, who is Shannon Miller without gymnastics. And um, so that was, it was a process. And I think um, the title of the book is so important um, to me personally and where I am in life right now. But I think, like you said, to so many women out there, so many moms out there, because I mean, how many times do you just beat yourself up because you're just not a good enough mom? You're not perfect and you forget a lunch or, you know. I do that all the time. (laughs) I'm constantly Um, driving back to the school to deliver lunches and extra clothes and everything. it is, and it's just, it's so hard to keep up with this idea of, of being the perfect worker and the perfect mom and keeping the perfect house, and, and the reality is, life is not perfect, and most of the time, that's what makes it really interesting and really fun, and so to kind of be on the other side um, of that, where I can kind of look and say, you know what, nope, my hair wasn't perfect that day, <laughs> that's okay life goes on and no I'm I'm not the perfect mom but I'm trying really hard and you know there were some good things I did today yeah I think we just need to love ourselves a little bit more and I think for me the cancer journey really allowed me to see that in a different way because when you're busy fighting for your life and not sure if you're if your children are going to have a mother you really not cared about whether your wig fits right mm. or, um, you know, or, you know, what color you wore that day. It's just, it's, it really puts things in perspective very quickly. Yeah. I mean, it really is all about getting comfortable in your own skin and, and loving yourself. And, you know, when we come back, Shannon, I really want to talk more with you about your memoir. It's not about perfect and what, and how we can kind of implement some of those ideas in our own lives. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Youngs, and you're listening to She Is Fierce. We're talking with seven-time Olympic gold medalist Shannon Miller. Shannon, I want to talk more about your inspirational and heart-wrenching memoir. You know, you really share your story with the world, and you talk about 
what it means to live with hope, strength, and determination. And when we were talking a few minutes ago, you were sharing, you know, your personal journey to get comfortable in your own skin and to realize, you know, through your cancer journey that it's really about your relationships and, you know, being there for your children and being a happy mom and being content instead of worrying about, like you said, if your wig is, is fitting correctly. Can you share some examples of experiences that you've gone through that kind of got you to that, that place of comfort? Well, I think um, my cancer journey stands out so much because mm-hmm. it is um, so fresh Um is certainly there were points in my gymnastics career that I can look back on and say, okay, well, of course it's it's about perfect in gymnastics, like I talked about earlier, but at the same time, really the 10.0 is fairly elusive. So yeah. you know that you're not necessarily going to be perfect each time, and that's what helps you strive to work harder. I mean, the idea of getting as close to that perfect 10 as possible drove me to be in the gym um, almost every day and, and training so hard and really um, working towards uh, that perfection. So, um, so I think even in, even then, as much as I thought it was about perfection, it wasn't, Mm -hmm. but during cancer, (laughs) excuse me, um, I think it became very clear. Um, You know, when you, I used to worry about, you know, I'm not a big hair and makeup person. I, I, it's taken me years and years to try to (laughs) figure out how to do all that stuff because I was much very much a tomboy growing up and and for Jim it was just basically how how much could you strap your hair down Mm -hmm. and we didn't really wear makeup during that time Um, that's kind of something newer that's going on with the the girls today and and so for me um going to work and being on camera it was man I do I did I get my hair right did I get my um face right all these things And, and then you go through cancer and you have no eyelashes and you have no eyebrows and no hair, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, that stuff really doesn't matter all that much. And um, I can remember looking back at pictures um, when I started back to work, and I would wear my wig to events that, you know, were not necessarily, uh, you know, sometimes you just don't want to shock everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the event's about, you know, the Olympics or something, yeah. you don't necessarily, if there's lots of kids there, you, you don't want to make them nervous. So. Um, so I'd wear a wig and I'd get these pictures afterwards and sometimes my wig would be completely <laughs> crooked. <laughs> and of course, no one really said anything, but, um, but you kind of have to look at it and be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. Well, and you must and have felt extra pressure, right? So not only, like you said, you're going to an, an event where you're talking about the Olympics and being essentially perfect and you must have felt that extra pressure even more so than the rest of us who already put so much pressure on ourselves I don't know that I feel any more pressure than, than any other woman or any other mom out there because I think on a daily basis, especially in this day and age with social media and just um, all of these outlets, I think you you kind of always feel like you have to be on. Like you mm-hmm. always uh, you don't want to um, disappoint anyone, and so you want to be the mom that's got it all together, and you want to be the um, the the worker that is, has their stuff together and they're ready for the presentation, and and you want to keep your house clean. You you want to be great at everything. And I think we have to cut each other a little, uh, a bit of slack, a lot of slack to just say, you know what, it's not about being perfect. It's about doing your best each day. And 
that's good enough. Yeah. Well, you know, I recently read your book and the book um, Strong is the New Beautiful by Olympic skier Lindsey Vaughn. And I feel like you both talk a lot about the struggle to find balance between a competitive spirit and then inner confidence and comfort in your own skin. What advice do you have for so many women who are listening who are struggling with that in their own lives beyond just, um, you know, beyond a struggle of balance, but really just being comfortable? You know, I think um, we talk a lot about, you know, writing that letter to our younger self. Mm-hmm. What what would we tell ourselves during that difficult time? And often it's the teenage years or it's the, the young adult years. And, and then you kind of get to your 30s and you realize, why did I worry so much yeah. about all this stuff? It doesn't matter. And and so I think if if I could talk to my younger self, talk to other women out there, um, especially young women, I would just tell them that it's so important to just go out and do your very best. Do your very best. Work hard. Do your best. And, and know that um, people will appreciate that. that. At the end of the day, what really matters is that, you know, you brought 100% of yourself to each endeavor. And mm-hmm. whether that's work, whether that's your kids, um, whether that's your education, if you go out and you give it 100% every single day, then you can never be upset with what happens because you'll know you had done your best. And, and I felt like that came from my mother, really. Um, and I remember right before my, my gold medal beamer teen at the 96 <laughs> Olympics, I had fallen on vault two days before, just crashed and burned on a vault that I never missed. And I remember crying with her on the phone and saying, I, I just don't know what to do. I mean, I have yeah. balance beam tomorrow. What am I going <laughs> to do? I'm going to let everyone down and... And I just don't think I can handle it. And, and she just reminded me of how hard I worked every day and, and that no matter what happened, I knew that I gave it all I, I could. And so I think focusing on the work that you're bringing, focusing on uh, your strength and your determination, focusing on those real things is so important and, and can really drown out all of kind of the that thin layer of, of glamour on the top. And, and that's really what's going to show through in, in your work and in how others perceive you. You know, I love that you brought up your mom because I know in your book you talk a lot about your relationships with your mom and your older sister. Can you talk a little bit about what those relationships with other women that you look up to and admire, what that's meant and how that's impacted your life? Oh, it's so critical. Oh, you know, we have to have positive role models in our lives. And and for me, I had wonderful, wonderful people surrounding me. And I had incredibly strong women surrounding me. My mm-hmm. mother is absolutely incredible. She is actually a cancer survivor as well. Um, she, she battled cancer. She did chemo, radiation, surgery. She was down to, I think, 86 pounds at one point. Oh, my goodness. And battled back and ended up running her first marathon three years after cancer. Oh, my gosh. That's she's, so cool. I mean, she's a tough act to follow. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not running a marathon anytime soon. Yeah. But, um, but I think her, my, my balance beam coach, Peggy Liddick, who I also talk about in the book, she's incredibly intelligent. She is fierce. She is a fierce yeah. woman. And, um, and I learned so much from her and, and the importance of, um, education and and how that related to what I wanted to do in gymnastics. She would talk to me about balance beam 
um, with physics and math. And it was just incredible. I mean, um, so I think having strong women um, in your life, uh, whether you know them or not, Mm-hmm. I mean, there are great books out there and great biographies of strong women. So the more you can talk to them one-on-one, the more you can find um, great women to truly mentor you, um, that's fantastic. But even if you don't have that close relationship, we can still learn a lot from, from great women out there. Yeah, what a great message. And, you know, obviously that's what She is Fierce is all about, right? So it's about connecting women and bringing them together. But it's special, I think, to hear stories of women like you who not only find that out in the community, but who really lean on and are encouraged by other women within their families and their close friends. Because I think as we all learn that lesson and we take the time to actually reach out and and help somebody else up and, you know, take that call, maybe when they're in the Olympics and need some help, (laughs) that, um, (laughs) that we're, we kind of, we're, we're better people ourselves. And we also allow those around us to kind of come into their own. So I love that message. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking with Shannon Miller, Olympic gold medalist. I am so excited to have her here, and we will be back soon. Welcome back to the She is Fierce show. We are so lucky today to be talking with Shannon Miller. So, Shannon, we've talked a little bit about all of the cool things that you've done, all of the things that you've been through as a gymnast, you know, going through cancer, motherhood, some of your relationships. Now I want to talk to you about something that you've done more recently in your life. You've taken on the role of entrepreneur. You have been collaborating all over the place with really cool companies, and you just recently, in the last few years, created your own fitness line, Salto, in partnership with the Perform Group. So what was it like to venture into entrepreneurialism? You know, it's funny because it's something I think I knew I wanted to do from an early age. I didn't really know what that business was. I just knew I wanted to have my own business and and create something great. And so when I went to college, I ended up um, graduating with uh, a marketing degree. And then I stayed on an extra two years at the University of Houston because they were one of the few um, colleges in the country at the time that had a true entrepreneurship program. So I did the extra two-year program to get my entrepreneurship degree, and one of my last courses was a business law class. And, of course, at this time, I was already signing contracts and, and mm-hmm. doing things with regard to gymnastics as a professional and athlete, and, um, and I realized there was so much I didn't know, and especially if I wanted to start a foundation or a company. Um, so I ended up going to law school at Boston College uh, with a sole focus, really, on um, starting a company. And so when I got out of college um, and out of law school, I, um, I ended up, uh, by, by amazing luck, just finding this incredible partner to work with who really got my vision. And my vision was to have a company that helped women make their health a priority. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's a very broad issue, as you can <laughs> imagine. Um, everything from fitness and nutrition and those, you know, fun, fun tweaks of your diet and um, fun exercise moves. But it's also really hardcore um, information about diabetes mm-hmm. and heart disease, the number one killer of women. It's about cancer awareness and, and diagnosis and that journey. And um, and so I've been just so, um, so blessed to work with incredible companies that also get it and have that focus on helping women um, to make their health a priority. And, and how many women do you know 
who have put off doctor's appointments and, and put off dentist appointments and put off workouts. Probably every woman lunch. I know can it's relate to that woman. in some way. It's all yeah. of us. We, every one of us can raise a hand. Mm-hmm. And yet we get our kids to their appointments and we nag our husbands to get to their appointments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but somehow we lose ourselves in the process. And I just want, with everything that, that we do as a company, as Shannon Miller Lifestyle, I want us to focus on helping women not feel guilty about making their health a priority because at the end of the day, if we aren't healthy, we can't be here for all of those who depend on us. Mm -hmm. And so when I start to feel that guilt about, man, do I really, I should, I should really do this for X, Y, and Z, whether it's work or kids. And and I can just, I'll have to do my workout next week. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think, what what kind of example am I setting for my children? If it's okay for me to eat a donut in the morning, but they've got to eat eggs. (laughs) Yeah, oh, absolutely. Or me to skip a workout, and yet I still want them to go out and run and play. So Mm -hmm. I think if we look at it as setting an example, I think it's a little bit easier to make that time for ourselves. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can personally relate to that story. And I know so many women in our community that – experience that as well. So many are moms or just have a lot of responsibility in their lives and, you know, they're business owners or they're, you know, high-flying professionals and, or they're just people who are going through things, right? So some of us are going Mm -hmm. through cancer. Some of us are dealing with a death in the family. We all have something that is a real and legitimate barrier to taking care of our health. But, you know, I think with your thriving lifestyle business, you're really helping focus on women's health, bring greater awareness to their health, but also children's health, right? Can you talk a little bit about that mission? We are. We're focused on children's health as well, um, kind of mom and baby, because I think, um, you know, we we have a whole bunch with, you know, for women in general, but but certainly with a focus on motherhood. I'm a mom of two. So, um, you know, that's that that's extra element that's that's thrown in Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um and so we want to focus on that as well and in addition to my company where we get to do lots of um great things but also fun things like the the fitness line we we had fun you mentioned that and yeah that's fun because we get to create a line of clothes that not only look cute and are actually affordable, but you can throw them in the laundry. You can mm-hmm. actually throw them in the washing machine and yeah, the dryer. Which is and they're going to be impossible okay. with so many other items. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so we really do have um, the woman, the mom um, in mind when, when we do each project. Um, and then we also have my foundation, which is separated as a 501c3. And it is geared towards helping kids get active. Mm-hmm. find their love of physical activity. And it started out as a mission to fight childhood obesity. But I think what it's grown into is just getting every child access um, to activity and finding out what they love um, the most and just helping them. There's so many studies that, that talk about the importance of getting kids active at a young age, and then they will remain are more likely to remain active for the rest of their life. But if they're sedentary, they are more likely to be sedentary for the rest of their life. And of course, that comes with a whole host of health issues from um, diabetes to um, heart disease and just all of these these things that children should not have to be dealing with. Yeah. And, you know, I think you are doing it in such a important way, right, which is starting with the moms and speaking to the women and the people who are making those health decisions for children and for themselves. I hope so. I mean, it it's, goes back to a team effort. Because if I'm just buying cookies, then that's what my kids are going to eat. If I'm 
sitting and watching television and eating a bowl of chips. That's what my kids want to do. And so if I can help um, my health by getting active and, and making good food choices, now that doesn't mean that um, that there's no sugar. Mm-hmm. I, am, I do not, again, I do not have the perfect diet. It <laughs> is a diet I can live with. Um, it's kind of an everything in moderation approach. But if I can teach my kids that, hey, yeah, cookies fine, but don't eat five of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, that's, that's a good thing. And, and if I can hopefully pattern um, positive and, and good behavior and um, as far as um, healthy body image and, and those types of things, then hopefully um, they will see that. That, oh, well, of course we would go out in the yard and, and play tag because that's fun. It's also an activity. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you about your athletic line as well. Where does the name Salto come from? So Salto, I love this. So um, this is our uh, fitness and athleisure line of clothes that mm-hmm. just launched um, last October. And Salto came really from gymnastics, of course. A Salto or a somersault is really a foundation move in the sport of gymnastics. It's the one skill you have to learn in order to progress and learn those bigger and bigger skills. And that's really what I like to do with my fitness. I do 10-minute videos, 10-minute fitness videos on my YouTube channel mm-hmm. just so they don't cost anything. You can just go on there, get a 10-minute workout. And what I've done with those and then in combination did with my fitness line is I want to make fitness achievable. It needs to be achievable for every woman out there. Uh, we're not all CrossFit champions. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we're just trying to get – 10 minutes in uh, when we have, uh, you know, a little bit of time. And, and so I wanted clothing that was easy, was, you know, cute and fun. And you could wear it um, for fitness. You could wear it to lunch. You could wear it to pick your kids up at carpool. You could wear it to the soccer game Mm -hmm. and get your walk in while you're watching their game. We wanted to make it truly for women that try to do it all. Um, Women that just, um, don't always have time for fitness, but we want them to be able to work it into their lifestyle. Yeah, so if you're already and it gives you and ready confidence. to go, then you can work it in. Yes, exactly. And it, I feel like it's something where you really focused on, you know, the practical side, which is super important that it, <laughs> it stays together, but also the idea that, you know, you're creating something that you put on and it gives you confidence to go into the gym or to go out for a run and feel you know, good about what you look like in that environment, which I know can really hold so many people back. We feel like, oh, we're not adequate and therefore we don't take the next step, right? Oh, I can remember going in to get a gym membership and this was after the 1996 Olympics and I had retired, but I had kept eating my six full meals a day, and not, <laughs> but I wasn't working out and I gained a good four dress sizes pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I remember being terrified. I was already very shy growing up. And I just remember thinking, I, I can't go in there. I'm, you know, put on the biggest T-shirt I could get and um, my big sweatpants. And remember thinking it was in Oklahoma. People are going to know who I am. Mm-hmm. And are they going to be disappointed? Are they going to stare at me because I don't look like an Olympic champion? And I don't know how to use the weights. And I've never been on a treadmill. Oh, my goodness. So. Well, it's nice to hear that somebody who was a world-class athlete experiences the same thing that so many of us do, too. You know, it can be t- intimidating. So, you know, at least if you feel good, I think clothing makes us, when we have the right clothing on, we feel good about ourselves. We feel confident. And that's what we want. We want women to be able to put on these clothes, put on their shoes, 
be confident walking in those doors or just going to their living room and feeling like, you know what, I can do this today. So your tagline for Salto is every moment matters. What does that mean to you? For me, it is a mantra (laughs) of mine um, because every moment does matter. What choices we make today, they matter for today, but they also matter for tomorrow and they matter for 10 years from now. Um, Mm -hmm. So when we choose, when you choose the donut over, (laughs) over the yogurt or something healthy, that's a decision you have made. And that's not to say you don't ever choose a donut. I tend to like donuts, (laughs) but know that your choice matters. And so when you choose to get up and do 10 minutes of fitness and just get that in before the day gets hectic and gets started, you've done 10 minutes of great things for your body and for your health and set a great example. Um, When you choose to take the stairs instead of the elevator, you've made a really good choice that matters. And I think we've all heard, you know, the importance of walking uh, whenever possible or taking the stairs whenever possible. And, and I think it's become such a thing that everyone says that it's like, yeah, right. How does, how does that really help? Mm -hmm. But it really does. If you start adding those things up and I always think of it in gymnastics terms in the gym, I always did just a little bit more. So my coach would, um, he used to say, yeah, I'd ask Shannon to do 50 sit-ups and she'd do 55 run 10 times around the gym. She'd run 12. He said for a while, I couldn't figure out if she was a really hard worker or if she just couldn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I remember that. And I remember thinking, all right, so if I did 10 extra sit-ups six days a week for 10 years, that probably kept me on the balance beam when I needed it most. Mm -hmm. It all matters. Every moment matters. Every choice you make matters. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect. But just understand what choice you're making each and every day and know that it does matter. So, Shannon, when we come back with you, I am excited to talk more about female mentorship and, um, you know, just ask you for some of your best advice for our listeners. But we'll be back soon with Shannon Miller, Olympian, author, entrepreneur, speaker, survivor, and mom. Welcome back. I am She is Fierce and Lift You founder Kelly Youngs, and we are back with the inspiring author, entrepreneur, and Olympic champion Shannon Miller. Shannon, let's talk about what it's like to be a former world champion Olympic medalist and now watch young women and men competing for their countries. What is it like to, to watch that as somebody who has experienced it? Um, it's, you know, it's really incredible, and I'm such... Um a big sports fan and I'm such a huge Olympic fan. I can remember the first Olympic moment that I ever saw, uh, which was not live because I wasn't, I was just a baby when it yeah. actually happened, but, um, but it was a VHS tape my parents had given me and it was uh, the 1980 hockey team, U.S. hockey team, uh, Mirabal mm-hmm. and Ice. And I just remember jumping on my bed and screaming and I would watch it over and over and I would cry and I would scream and I would yell and um, it was such an amazing moment and I think that's what I feel I love rooting for um, good sports and good sportsmanship and um, and so to me to make to have the ability after so many years of training and actually competing at the Olympics um, to kind of switch over to uh, the media side doing commentary doing analysis um, I get to continue to enjoy 
um, cheering in, in such a special way. Um, yeah. And really get to know the athletes and understand their stories so that when they are up there on that medal stand, or maybe they're not, maybe um, maybe their story is not about winning a medal. Maybe their story is, frankly, just getting to the Olympics, which is so amazing in and of itself. Um, I love to be able to share those stories with others. Well, you know, just like you shared the miracle on ice, I feel like my biggest Olympic memory is you. So I'm a few years younger than you, but I was, I think, about 13 or 14 when you um, had your big Olympic success in 1996. And I I mean, I remember it vividly. So I'm extra excited, of course, to have you on and to have you as one of our speakers. But um, I feel like it must be so special and unique. You know, so recently Simone Biles surpassed your record that you held for a very long time. Now, first of all, do you know her? And what was that like to watch that? Of course, you have that personal um, interest in having the record. But also, I feel like you as an individual, you have such um, a, such excitement for the women who are, are coming up next. It really is. I mean, it's just been so much fun. Like I said, over the years to kind of switch over to the, the commentary side, I get, I get, you know, ringside seat to mm-hmm. each of the Olympics and the U S team has just done phenomenal, um, you know, champions in 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016. And there doesn't seem they're so dominant right now, um, for a whole host of reasons that, I mean, I just think it's going to be uh, tough for the rest of the world to, um, to match them, at least in the next two Olympic cycles. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But, you know, I think Rio, every Olympics is amazing. And I get, I'm a crazy fan. <laughs> I, I love it. But um, but Rio was really incredible. And I think for me, and, and I've said this before, but for me watching this team coming in, we all knew they were going to win. Um, I mean, if you were a gymnastics fan, mm-hmm. it, it, mathematically, they would have had to fall in so many times. Um, it was just completely unrealistic that they wouldn't win. So mm-hmm. to think that a team would walk into the Olympic Games knowing that, hey, whatever we do, we've got the gold. And basically they could walk through it. They could pull their punches. They could water down their skills and their routines, play it safe. And this team team didn't do any of that. They came in as if they were with the mentality that they were the underdog, mm-hmm. the mentality that they had to give it 100%. They had to go for the goal. They, yeah. um, they put on a show for the audience, for the world, that was unbelievable. I mean, even other athletes there who knew they were playing for second, and we're okay with that mm-hmm. because as a gymnast, you just you love good gymnastics. And, and they would stop and watch Simone Biles or Ali Raisman. Uh, it was just an incredible, incredible thing to see and, um, and to watch them excel so much. And, um, and, and again, to just know that um, that's a very difficult thing to do when you have so much pressure and so much hype going in for one team, um, but to not, to not take that for granted. Yeah, you know, so speaking from a place of knowledge, I want to ask you, do you keep in touch with any of them? And do you mentor any of the athletes now or even athletes in your own community? Because I feel like your mentorship would be so invaluable. You know, I try to do it whenever possible. And um, I've been, um, again, just blessed to have the opportunity to work with the U.S. Olympic Committee in different capacities um, and also, you know, with a number of the girls throughout the years. And so it's, um, it's been really nice, and I hope that, um, you know, for me, I've always been kind of lead by example versus kind mm-hmm. of tell you what to do um, because I was always so shy growing up. And I hope that um, by 
hopefully continuing to lead because I think a lot of the issues with gymnastics, they don't need to know how to compete. They know mm-hmm. how to compete. It's what do I do after I've won a gold medal? How do I handle that? How do I handle all the media and expectations? And what if I want to train more? And so there's this whole host of, of questions that come up once you're done um, or, or after you've um, won a gold medal at the Olympic Games. And I think that's where there's a bit of um, a vacuum yeah. of, of mentorship. Well, what advice do you have for female athletes today, whether they're competing at a world-class level or whether they're on their high school or middle school soccer team? You know, what, what would you say to those young girls who are, are out there trying to do something on the athletics field? You know, I think it's important to, um, to never lose sight of life. And I think that's something my parents really instilled in me and really my coaches as well. Um, my coach, before I walked on the floor for a competition, even if it was the Olympic Games, he never said, let's go get that gold or let's go win or let's go get a 10. He always simply said, let's go have some fun. Because at the end of the day, that's what sports is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to move, the ability to do something that not a lot of other people get to do. Um, so I think we need to make sure we don't lose sight of of kind of life in general and that, you, yes, you want to set goals. And, yes, uh, you want to work hard each day to achieve those goals. Um, don't set limits on what you can do. If you can dream it and you're willing to work hard enough for it, then you have to believe that it's possible. And um, and you've got to keep the fun. You've got to enjoy it. Not every second. It's, it's, <laughs> there's going to be tough times. But mm-hmm. overall, you have to enjoy what you're doing or you can't be successful at it. Um, so those are a few of the things that I would, I would tell them. And I think um, for a lot of athletes, the importance of getting a good education at the same time that you're focusing on, on athletics is so critical because, frankly, as an athlete, you never know when that last day is going to come. It could be an injury. It could be a sudden change of heart. Um, there are a million different reasons why the next day you may not want to do that sport. Yeah. And so you have to be prepared to continue on um, with life, and your education is going to help you do that. That's your fallback. That's um, whether you win a gold medal or you don't that is what's really going to be the foundation for everything else in life. I mean, such, such good advice. So um, we have many women who are moms in our audience and you are a mom. And I know we didn't talk too much about it, but you also went through a scare where you weren't sure if you were going to be able to have another child, right? I did. Um, You know, after I saw ovarian cancer was the type of cancer I had. And with surgery, they removed um, my left tube and ovary and then with the chemotherapy, it was a very um, hit him hard, hit him fast mm-hmm. um, form uh, called BEP. And um, we weren't sure how much damage that was going to do to my remaining ovary. And so we weren't sure if we'd have um, the opportunity to have more children. And um, we had to wait a good year um, after for just clearance. And, and really, I, my body just had to heal and, 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 and get kind of back uh somewhat to where it was before with yeah. the fatigue and the nausea and kind of everything that it takes out of you. But um, we were blessed. I found out about a month after the London Olympics that um, that we were expecting. And um, now our little girl is uh, three and a half, going on 30. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they're, they're so wonderful. I just, I love being a mom. It's just my, I love my work. And I think it's really important. And, and I love 
you know, the Olympics and, and all the things I get to do with gymnastics and sport. But at the end of the day, my, my love is being a mom. I just, I love being a mom. Yeah. So what, I mean, I feel the same way. So I'm running an organization called She is Fierce, but I just love those experiences and am super engaged with my kids. But I think that that's something that I struggle with and so many women struggle with. And it's just finding, not necessarily balance, but finding the willingness to kind of get out there and do something and also um, be accessible and feel like they're, they're being a great mom. So can I ask you for what your best advice is? Cause I know that's something that you just seem to have figured out. <laughs> well, I don't know if I have it figured out. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I battle it just like every other working mom out there. Um, am I working too much? Am I getting them everything they need? Am I connecting with them? Um, enough? Am I giving them enough time on their own? Am I smothering them? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's constant and we constantly have these battles going on in our heads and um, no, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be right, but we do the best we can. And I think the important thing for me to remind myself is I'm a subject of two working parents and yet we have really strong, great relationships. And I think about the time I spent in the gym as well as the time I spent at school, and yet we were still able to forge incredibly deep bonds. Um, I mean, my mom and I, I mean, we still talk weekly, if not daily. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I just, I, I have such a connection with, with both of my parents. So I don't necessarily think it's the number of hours you spend with your child as much as it is what you do with that time. Mm, the quality um, of what you're doing. It's re- it's really is, I think, about the quality and, and just making sure that you know that no matter what happens, you, you just love them. Oh, what, what a wonderful way to end our show. I want to ask you one last question before we close. I just want to ask you what your message would be to the women who you know are listening in our community. You know, what are the words that you would just want to share with those women? Um, I, I think at the end of the day, I would say just keep doing what you're doing. You know, when you, when you have that rough day and you don't think it's good enough, whatever it, whatever it is, whatever it was, know that um, if, as long as you're giving it your all, you're doing great. So give yourself a little pat on the back and think of all of the amazing things that you accomplish every single day. Write them down if you have to, but remind yourself not of the things you messed up or that you missed but all of the things that you accomplish, all of the great things that you do for yourself and your family and for your work. Such good advice. Thank you so much, Shannon, for sharing your day with us. I really cannot wait to hear you as a speaker in our Women's Wednesday speaker series this year. I am so excited. Great. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. And if you are in North Florida or within traveling distance, you will definitely want to join Shannon and I in what I'm sure will be a packed out room of women filling up their inspirational stores by listening to Shannon in downtown St. Augustine, Florida at the gorgeous and glamorous Treasury on the Plaza. You can get tickets for Shannon's talk on June 21st at sheisfiercehq.com forward slash events. And I'm sure you already know her, but go and get to know Shannon better by reading her inspiring memoir, It's Not About Perfect, Competing for My Country and Fighting for My Life. And check out her lifestyle website at shannonmiller.com. Now, last thing I want to share with you is that our membership is now open. You got to get in there. It's closing fairly soon. 
And the link to check it out and find out more is sheisfiercehq.com forward slash join. Join me and women in eight countries around the world who are up-leveling their lives right now.